Welcome, everybody, to episode number 37 of the Average Jake Firefighter Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Owens, from the Average Jake Firefighter Blog. Am I ready? All firefighters are aware that they can be called to work at an intense and challenging fire at any moment. But great firefighters fully understand the difference between success and failure comes down to their everyday habits. They know their training, education, and fitness matter. We all have the time to improve our knowledge base as well as our ability to deal with the mental and physical stress of the job. Regrettably, far too many firefighters waste precious moments every day that they could instead use to prepare for their defining moment. I promise you, at some point, your body will be tested and your physical limitations will be exposed. It may, not, it may be today, next week, or a year from now, but it's going to happen. Don't waste any more time. Ask yourself, what can I do today to physically prepare for that moment? And that's from the endorsements endorsements section of the book Firefighter Functional Fitness, and that uh, endorsement was actually by Frank Viscuso, uh, Deputy Fire Chief of the Kearney Fire Department in New Jersey. Uh, great speaker if you've ever had the chance to listen to him speak. But that uh, sets us up perfectly for the interview today we're going to have with Kara McDaniels from St. Florian Fitness. Kara is going to bring uh, uh, what I think is a unique perspective in the fitness realm because she's a female fireman, she's a volunteer, and she's a fitness trainer. So she's got a lot of different avenues that we can explore, but all with the same common goal is to improve firefighter fitness for the fire ground, to make firefighters, career, volunteer, whatever, better and safer through fitness and be ready for that fire ground, be ready for the rescue, be ready for the job you signed up for and, and make no mistakes about it. You know, whether you're volunteer career, paid on call, whatever, when you raised your right hand and said you were going to be a firefighter, it's a job. Whether you get paid compensation, whatever, it's a job. And I can tell you too, uh, on the career side, especially we're in the middle of this pandemic and, and all these firefighters are out there on the front lines and nurses and doctors and, and EMS providers and everything. We're all out here on the front line. It, it kind of appalls me a little bit that people are asking for quote unquote hazard pay. And that's probably an unpopular opinion, but to me, your hazard pay is your paycheck. This job was dangerous before coronavirus. It will be dangerous after coronavirus. You are paid your whole entire paycheck is a hazard pay. Your whole entire paycheck is a hazard pay. And volunteers, you signed up to do this job for free or with very little compensation. I know when I was a volunteer, we got uh, a few perks here and there, but it wasn't a paycheck. But you signed up for that. You volunteered for a hazardous job. You volunteered to do that. So there, there's no hazard pay. Like whatever you get or what you don't get from it is your hazard pay. Like that's your your normal salary or your normal compensation is your hazard pay. That's what it is. And so, in order to be ready 
one of the best ways that you can can beat a pandemic is to be physically fit. Have a good level of physical fitness. That's going to keep you healthier. That's going to allow you to deal with the long days and nights of dealing with stuff like this. And then of our normal regular, when we get back to normal, and we will get back to normal, that's going to help you have a long, prosperous, successful career. Not just survive, but thrive in the fire service and on the fire ground and where we really like to do business. So I really think you're going to enjoy this episode and this interview with Kara McDaniels from St. Florian Fitness. So let's not belabor the point anymore. Let's get right to it. St. Florian Fitness interview, Kara McDaniels. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Average Jake Firefighter Podcast. Really excited to bring you this interview today with Kara McDaniels from St. Florian Fitness. Kara has got some really interesting perspectives on fitness and a really unique background from a fire service perspective and a fitness training perspective. So I think it's going to be really, really great for the listeners out there. So without further ado, Kara, thanks for coming on the Average Jake Firefighter Podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be with you today. Awesome. So before we get into some of the fitness stuff that we want to talk about, give us a background on your fire service experience and your fitness training experience, because those are really, you know, kind of like your, your expertise. I've seen all over your your Instagram page, St. Florian Fitness, how you've done some functional fitness stuff and you're always posting workouts. And that's really where we want to talk about today is, is how your fire service experience and your functional fitness and your training experience really mesh and some of the advice and things that you have for the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I, in terms of the fire service as a whole, I'm still fairly new. I'm only in about six years. Um, I grew up in the firehouse as a firehouse brat. My dad was a lieutenant on the department that I'm in. And um, so I was always around it, loved it, you know, uh, running around the station, jumping on the tailboard, all that good stuff that you used to be able to do years ago, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we, I wanted to be more involved in <clears throat> the uh, department itself uh, as I grew up through and um, at one point in, uh, in my life, there was a, a really tough call for the guys. Um, they had a 10-year-old boy that had gone, uh, was playing hide-and-seek, went um, on top of a piece of plywood uh, that was covering a well and had fallen down into the well, and they had to rescue him. He um, made a miraculous uh, recovery and it was a really, really solid save by everybody uh, involved, but it really took a toll on uh, the guys in the department. So at that time, and I still am a critical incident stress debriefer. So I gave my time then um, uh, doing some critical incident stress debriefing for the fire department, the ambulance service in the community. And then I really, really, really caught the bug to say it's time. I need to get my training and get in and, and do what I can for my community and be able to help out. So from there, I just went all in. Um, did I did the uh, uh, structural firefighting interior boot camp program, um, and then I got my EMT. And uh, yeah, I've been just there the whole time ever since. And uh, my department's been around since 1810. <clears throat> We're all volunteer. And um, I had the honor of uh, being voted as the first female officer in the history of the department, uh, which was huge for me. It was a, a big goal of mine to um, get into a leadership role. Uh, and so <clears throat> for the last, 
um, two years I've been captain of rescue at the department. Well, that's pretty amazing stuff. I mean, especially with the lineage of your, of your fire department, you know, being the first female officer to be elected in the history. That's, that, that's a wide, wide ranging history. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a really, I take it very seriously. It was, um, it was a big honor for me because, uh, you know, basically, and this is really, you know, my mantra, it was not about me uh, being a female, it was about me putting in the work and um, showing that I'm capable and able to to do it. And that was, that was really important to me. I didn't want it to be handed to me. Um, I don't want anything to be handed to me because uh, I just happen to be a female um, fireman. Um, and so the fitness stuff, I was a, a fitness instructor. I worked at a local gym um, at a boot camp. And I loved it. I loved all my clients there. And I, uh, of course, do a lot of reading about the fire service, um, as we all should. And, you know, one thing that kept really just hitting me right in the heart was how many um, firefighters we were losing to line of duty deaths related to cardiac health. And it was um, just something that I felt a call to get involved with and see if I could create change. Um, there's, you know, every line of duty death is, is different. And, um, that's why you have NIOSH to, uh, you know, do the report and work through it and see what you can learn from it and hope that it never, ever happens, um, to you or your department or never happens again in your department. And I just felt like some of that, some of the things that happen are preventable. Some of the things that happen are, are just going to happen because firefighting is dangerous work, but the cardiac health piece there's a lot of prevention there that can be done that may just not be being done for a variety of reasons. And I just felt that as a fitness instructor and a, and a fireman, I had a unique uh, position to try to create change and uh, create better health for, and longevity for firefighters. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and you know, and it's funny you, you say that because, uh, you know, you know, so I, I've done some stuff with some firefighter fitness. Not, I, I'm not a certified trainer or anything, um, but you know, have been involved in some fitness stuff. And 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 I really like it, in today's fire service. I really think that in order to be a true, I mean, you, you still need all the fire ground stuff, right? You still need all of that 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 tactical acumen, that that task based stuff. You know, pull hose lines, throw ladders, things like that. But I really think, and especially in your position as a, as a volunteer company officer and me as a career company officer, you have to have a fitness background these days, at least a little bit of knowledge so that you can tell people. Because you get people of all shapes and sizes and all levels of fitness coming to you. And if you don't have any advice for them on how they can get to where they need to be performance-wise and f- physical fitness-wise, you, you're kind of doing them a disservice. Would you agree with that? I absolutely agree with that. And I think that uh, you make a great point that whether it's career or volunteer, you have people coming in um, that don't that maybe have never even been to a gym. I mean, I um, am fortunate enough to, in addition to my um, to St. Florian Fitness, my my private business that I run. Um, I also am, uh, partnered with a great group of, uh, fitness trainers and fitness instructors that train at the New York state Academy of fire science in Montour falls here in New York state. And we have Academy, um, folks that are coming in that are hired on departments, um, you know, got a great test score, got hired, they're, they're motivated, they're ready to go. 
I've, I've talked to some of my recruits that, that have never had a workout program. And so we are getting, we are seeing that both from career and from my volunteer uh, members that come into my department and join, you know, and I, I think like to your point, we would not just roll them up to a structure fire hand them the knob and say, go for it, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> see what you can do, you know? Um, and I, I don't think that, uh, we can say to them, you're going to be doing extensive work with your body. Uh, do you know how that works? You know, I mean, we, we have to be able to educate them in some way. There should be somebody within the department that knows something that can, that can educate them. And, you know, I, I happen to be certified. I know that there's a lot of people that are just uh, really dedicated fitness enthusiasts that may just have good information to share, um, you know, but there, there should be something there. Yeah, I, I totally, totally agree. And I think that's great that, that you're, that you're taking that step into the, into the recruit academies as well. So let's talk about, let's kind of get down to the, to the nitty gritty of sure. it. And you talked about, and you talked about this and, and I really, and I want to kind of delve into this for a few, for a few minutes. You talked about people getting hired, like they've passed the test. I'm assuming that like most fire departments that they've done some sort of like physical abilities test, like a CPAT or, or, or something like that. What do you think, do you think that preparing for that hiring test is the same as having fitness for a longevity career? Like what is the difference? What is the difference in just getting in shape for that hiring test and then getting in shape for your career as a firefighter? Yeah, I, uh, and it's different from state to state and the requirements are different everywhere, but correct. Right. There are, you know, most, uh, programs you either have to, as part of your hiring process, you have to pass a CPAT, uh, which there I've found kind of in my research, they're all fairly similar, but, um, mm -hmm. it's a 10 minute test, you know, versus if your career, you know, 20 plus year career. Right. And if you're a volunteer, longer than that. Right. I mean, I, you know, I got guys in my department that are well into their seventies that are still active, you know? And so what does that look like for them? You know, and what does it look like for the, uh, you know, we got juniors that are, that are entering the volunteer service or um, sometimes they call them Rams or there's Explorer programs. And some of these kids maybe are, have found the fire service because they're not into sports or they're not into athletics. So they're looking for something that, that interests them that they can do. Um, and so they might not have a working knowledge, but in order to be safe, in order to be, uh, to have a, a longevity, whether it's volunteer or career, um, they need to have a, a basic knowledge. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. And, and that's kind of like, so I was an athlete all growing up. Right. And then when I turned you know, and I was a, I was a wrestler, football player, baseball, you know, did, did all the, the sports, you know, and everything, but man, you know, I, I stopped playing sports because of the fire service. And I think you're seeing some of that as well. And I think you're hundred percent right on. And, and to be quite honest, like I was like, woo, join the fire department at, at 15, 16. I'm like, all right, join the fire department. Don't got to go to the gym anymore. <laughs> right. You know right. what I mean? You know, it's like good, done with done with going to early morning lift for football and everything like yeah. that. And in reality, that was the wrong that was the wrong, uh, you know, stance to take on that. Absolutely. And, you know, in terms of what you're going to be able to do and, and get the most enjoyment out of it, 
um, you know, they're, they're just, there's no way around it, whether, you know, you're going full interior, getting all your qualifications, whether you're just going to focus on the EMS side, if that's what your department, if you're, I mean, most departments now, obviously there's a heavy EMS involvement and even the EMS folks, if you're never going to put on a set of turnout gear and pack up and go in, EMS <clears throat> takes a toll on your body. It takes a real toll on your body. And we can't forget these EMS folks um, that are within our departments and within, you know, our service uh, for, for what they have to do. I mean, I kind of broke it down. Um, I do break it down when I give uh, talks to my, um, to my clients and, and when I uh, talk with other firefighters, you know, I talk about cycles of brief bursts of adrenaline and then periods of long sustained work and the effect that that has on the body. So we're looking at if you're interior firefighter attack versus overhaul, right? So we go in, we're trying to get that quick knockdown on the fire. You're geared up, you're sweaty, you're pumped. You're, you know, I mean, whether we want it, whether it's right or wrong, we're excited about fire, right? We, you know, so. <laughs> uh, oh, it's right. It's, it's 100% right. You know, so, um, so we're going in and, and our, we're asking a lot of our body to uh, go into that environment blind, uh, find the fire, knock it down. So that's, you know, hopefully you're getting a quick knock on it, right? It's like 10 minutes of huge amount of adrenaline pumping through your body to get you through that, that period of, of the attack. And then afterwards, think about the overhaul. There's a lot of overhaul and the overhaul period is endurance. So you're looking at brief bursts of adrenaline and then long sustained work. So attack versus overhaul if you're an interior firefighter. If you're a medical person, you know, you get that call. And assuming it's not, you know, the priority one nosebleed at 3 a.m., it's a real, you know, medical call where somebody's injured or hurt or sick or, and it's a rescue. Um, you have that burst of adrenaline. You want to get there. You're running through your mind, your assessment. What am I going to do for this person? What do I know? You know, and then you're treating them. So you got <laughs> hands on. You might be lifting. You might be moving the patient. You might be hauling bags. You might be carrying oxygen tanks. And then you got to load, restock clean, you know, so then you've got that extended period of where your body is still working after that adrenaline has left your body. So what you need to do, in my opinion, as a fitness instructor and as a fireman is you have got to train your body to operate like that every day. It's the anticipation that you are going to be asking your body to burn through adrenaline and then do a long endurance workout. And if your body's not trained like that every day, you're not going to have as great success and great health if you're not training your body in that way. So I, I, I completely agree. And I, and I really like how you broke that down where fire tag versus overhaul, because I, you know, I don't think anybody's, at least I never have, I've never gotten tired searching. Right. I've never gotten, I've never gotten tired, you know, stretching a line to, you know, making the push to the fire room, never gotten tired. I mean, like any of those, like, like, I guess maybe like you said earlier, fun things, yeah. right. But like you always get tired hooking oh. ceiling or you always get tired overhauling a room or, or something like that. And I really, really like how you, how you, how you broke that down. So, so as we get into that, what do we, what does that look like? Right. Like what is training your body 
look like for the high burst of energy, but then the endurance race as well, the, the, the sprint and the marathon that the fire ground is, what does that look like? And, and what do you recommend on how people should train? Sure. So I get a lot of great feedback from the people that I work with and that's, you know, the most valuable thing for me because I can learn from them. And, you know, I've had some of my recruits or some of the people that just start training with me say, you know, I'm a runner. I run, um, but boy, when I put that pack on, you know, I, I blow right through it. Or they'll tell me, you know, I uh, lift weights, I'm a strength trainer, you know, I was a power lifter, I'm lifting weights all the time, but I, I can't make my bottle last more than, you know, five, 10 minutes before I got to switch out. And it's, you know, supposed to be a 30 minute bottle, you know? So, I mean, most of them typically. Um, right. <clears throat> so I talk a lot about functional work. Um, which is, or tactical training, which is the work that you're, the, the exercise or the fitness regimen that you're going to be doing uh, with the goal of, of being able to be, to excel in the work that you're doing, right? So we're not looking for aesthetics, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not working out to try to be skinny. I'm not working out to try to be a bikini model. I got nothing against people that are, are doing that, but that's not why I'm working out. I'm working out because I want to improve my function as a fireman. So for example, uh, you know, a, a 24 foot ladder, you're looking at 40 to 50 pounds. So you want to be able to lift and carry 40 to 50 pounds, right? And you want to be able to probably clean that. You want to be able to do like a clean and lift for, for that kind of weight. Mm-hmm. So if that's the work that you're going to be doing, then you need to get a sandbag or a bar or whatever that weighs 45 to 50 pounds. And you need to be able to do reps of lifting that amount of weight over and over again to give your body that muscle memory that, oh, yeah, I know how to do this. This movement uh, with good form is going to protect my back and um, protect uh, my ability to do this job. If you have charge two and a half line that a 50 foot length weighs about 135, 138 pounds. Right. So then you got to say, can I drag and pull 138 pounds? What do I have around the station? What can I make at home? What do I have at the gym that I'm working out that I can recreate that load and condition my body over and over again to do that? Um, and like rescue Randy, probably what 175 pounds. Most of the standard ones are. So can you lift, him up to your chest and drag him you know can you do a two-minute lift with them so all those kinds of things are are what you want to be doing um and looking at for the work that you're going to do as a firefighter or as you know as the emt or whatever whatever your role is the other thing that i preach which i you know every fitness instructor every personal trainer is gonna you know say different things but in my opinion I like high intensity interval training for those cardiac burst workouts followed by strength and endurance. So for example, uh, one of the stations that I train at uh, locally, I bring um, a bunch of different fitness equipment and I switch it up so we don't get bored. And I make maybe four stations with two exercises to do at each station. And it can be pulls, carries, drags, um, you know, jumping jacks, agility ladder, uh, step ups on the tailboard of the engine, whatever. And we're going to do that, that exercise for 40 seconds. They're going to get an eight second rest and we're going to do it four times. 
then you're going to switch to the B exercise at that station and you're going to work through. So you got about a half an hour of solid work that you're doing, combining cardio and strength for that 30 minutes. That's excellent. That I, I really, and, and I, and I tend to agree. Like I, I feel it, it. I totally echo your sentiments, right? Like I'm not, I, you will not find me on a calendar. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and you know, you will, you, and, and that's okay. Yeah. Right. Because that's not, that's, and that's not the goals. That's the goal is to, for performance on the fire ground. That's where my fitness goals lie. And I've long said in the fire service, we need dump trucks, not right. Ferraris, right? We, we don't need sports cars. We need something that can get beat up haul a bunch of weight, move down the road, never get stuck in the mud, all of that kind of stuff. Like we need, we need work vehicles, not things that just look good. Yeah, so I'm totally, totally in with yeah, you. Yeah. And I, you know, just like when you ever, you put yourself out on social media, you know, and I started my business page or whatever, and I started uh, posting videos and pictures of my workouts to share um, with the goal of reducing line of duty deaths due to cardiac health. I got some haters, you know, I got some people that were like, oh, you know, your, your body is this, or you look like this or whatever. And you know, that that's fine. That's okay. I'm not trying to, to be uh, right. illustrated. I'm here, I'm here to right. advocate and I'm here to try to, uh, you know, hopefully uh, prevent a terrible tragedy uh, from happening. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's, and, and it's, and it's super commendable, right? Like, and, and, and that's something that everyone has to deal with, with whenever you, like you said, whenever you put yourself out there, someone, no matter what you do, someone's going right. to like it. If you were, if you just, if you had an Instagram of you sitting in a recliner, someone would say you're yes. lazy and you've got an Instagram full of you working out and they say you're, you're, yes. you're wrong. Yes. You know what I mean? So it, it doesn't matter what you do. Someone's going to not yep. like it. Um, so, so as we, as we start to kind of evolve into this and you talk about the training and I really agree with you that your, your, your training, your training plan to me is spot on. It's exactly what we're looking for in the fire service, but you bring a unique perspective to that. Whereas you're dealing with, you're dealing with career people and you're dealing with, with people in recruit schools, but you're also dealing with, like you said, a 70 year old right. volunteer. What do, what, how are we, how are we getting that fitness level into the volunteer fire service? How are we, you know, and, and what ways are you working and what ways have you seen successful to get that fitness level raised in the volunteer fire service and also, you talked about the difference in the young recruit, you know, explorer guy and the 70 year old guy. What, what does that look like? Right. I mean, like, what do, what do those two things look like? What should they be focused on? I think it's so important to keep the perspective of individualizing fitness plans for whoever you're working with. Um, that's been really important to me as a fitness instructor. Um, so I think that it's um, been most beneficial uh, for me to be able to create the workouts, but also add in, like build in a modification for them. So if I have, uh, let's say um, that I'm going to do farmer's carries, uh, for example. So you're going to grab either kettlebells or dumbbells or um, two, you know, containers of foam, retardant, whatever, whatever you got, you yeah. know, um, and you're going to work on your grip strength and, and carrying. So you're going to set a distance to walk and carry this back and forth, you know, for, for 40 seconds or, you know, however many times or whatever the workout is for that day. But I'm going to give some options, right? Like, so my, you know, um, 30 year old guy that is just like 0% body fat, you know, doesn't eat anything but kale and chicken seven times a day. And, you know, 
um, he's, yeah. he's taking the foam, you know, he's running, he's going with that. And whatever. right. Right. Um, maybe my 70 year old guy is picking up a lighter set of dumbbells or he's going a shorter distance. You know, we're all, we're mm-hmm. still doing the same work and there's no, um, you know, everybody's doing the same body mechanics and the same exercise, but we're going to either work, move it up for those that can work a little harder or move it lower for, for people that are just starting out. And the important thing is, is that that bar has to move and you have to be able as an instructor to assess where your, per, where your client is at. So if I have a, you know, I have a kid that, that comes in, he's, you know, 17 years old and he's um, working really hard. The first few weeks, maybe he's going kind of midweight with that move, but then I notice that it's getting a little too easy for him. So then I can say, hey, right. let's move up weight and see if you can do it. And building on that success and building on that confidence is what keeps them coming back. Because I think the lack of initiative and the sometimes the, the excuses that you hear that I don't have time or I don't have the equipment or I, I can't, you know, I can't do it because I'm this age or whatever really just comes from a place of lack of confidence and fear. And I think if you can carefully and, and in a measured response show them that they can do something to improve upon their health uh that's what keeps them coming back you know once they see that success they're like yeah i want to do it again you know (laughs) yeah absolutely how how hard would you say it is to get volunteers on board Uh, with 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 the fitness regimen i mean i think that it's a unique challenge because as volunteers um you know uh, like you know, obviously I'm a volunteer, so I have a regular full-time job, um, that I do in addition to my part-time job of fitness and, you know, I'm a volunteer. So you have a lot of, of that, like, well, how am I going to fit it in and da, 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 and that kind of thing. So again, offering more options tends to be helpful. Like maybe I have, um, some guys that like, can't come to my Saturday morning, 10 AM class for half an hour. Right. Cause they got kids to run around or they got stuff they got to do or whatever. But maybe, you know, I can say to them, hey, I'll write you a workout. What do you have at home? You know, what can you do at home? Or if you want to come into the station and work out, I'll leave you a workout and just, you know, call me or text me and let me know if you don't know something that I'm doing or or whatever, you know. But it's got to be what they're comfortable doing so they're not getting hurt. It's got to be you can't give them these complex moves where their form has to be really good so they're not hurting themselves. But you can provide them with something simple and encourage them to participate in whatever way that they can. But I think that it's fatal to say, if you don't show up for this 10 a.m. class, I'm not going to help you do anything. That's that's outside of my mission. Yeah, I agree. Outside of my mission, you know. Yeah, totally. I, and I, and I really agree. And that's something that's kind of, you know, when I was volunteering that, that was kind of the attitude, right? Like not necessarily with fitness, but with everything. Oh, if you don't, if you don't show up to this meeting, you can't vote. If you don't show up to this training, you know, you won't be able to do X thing or, and it was really, and it really drove people away. And I think that's, that's the key to any of it. And especially with the fitness stuff, because I mean, and I'll be quite honest with you, working out is not the highlight (laughs) of my day. But it's but it's something that I need to do. You know what I mean? I, I do it because it's a necessity for what right. we do. And I think that there's probably a lot of people that are in that camp. So if you're making it harder for me to do it, I'm probably not going to do it, right? Like 
like it, humans are, are we, we seek comfort. We don't seek challenge Absolutely. a lot of times. And, you know, so I, I think that that's your hundred percent right spot. on. And with I've that. used, I've tapped into um, your, which I really like uh, in listening to your podcast. I uh, really like the three hour rule and I've shared that uh, with the clients too, to say like, look, just break it down. Like, it just sounds like when you're just saying, I got to work out today that's too broad. And it doesn't, it doesn't help you meet that goal because it just feels like adding something that you have to do to it. But if you're going to say, I need to schedule a, uh, you know, an hour or 30 minutes in for, to take care of myself today, that's more measurable. Like, where am I going to find that 30 minutes or where am I going to find that hour is a more measurable, tangible goal than just a broad statement of, I have to work out today. Yeah, no, I, I think I think you're 100 percent correct. And, and and a lot of people, you know, and again, not to talk about like that, because you know people have listened to that podcast, hopefully. But like a lot of people misconcept like, oh, he's doing an hour work now, like probably 15 to 20 minutes of that workout is me getting ready for the workout. Right. You know what I mean? Like I'm getting, you know, I may be foam rolling or I might be stretching my shoulders and, you know what I mean? Blah, blah, blah. I'm not sitting there like beating myself into the ground for a solid hour. I think that's one of the things that people miss, uh, you know, are you seeing that, that people kind of misconcept, you know, or misconstrue what you're, what you're really trying to to push out there? Yeah. And one of the departments I teach at is a combination career and volunteer. So my volunteer guys um, sometimes will come to the whole class for 30 minutes, but I tell the career guys that are on staff there that day or during that, that time time block. I'm like, Hey, if you want to jump in and just do a couple rounds with us, go for it. You know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, just jump in and do 10 minutes, you know? And then later on, if you're, if it's quieter on your, on your shift or, or if you have more time, you know, jump into the gym or I'll leave the workout for you and you can do it when you have time, you know, and some of the guys too, um, are resistant to do a lot of cardio stuff because they're in uniform and, you know, especially some of like our paramedics and, um, EMS folks, they don't want to, to work out while they're on, on shift. And I'm like, well, you know, can you come, you know, can you come to your shift 15 minutes early, you know, or, or 30 minutes early, if you want to do a workout with me, I'll meet you, you know, like, it's just about trying to find, you know, point out like, and not, not to like point out to shame them, but just to say, Hey, we can find some time. If we can do a 10 or 15 minute workout within our shift as career and, you know, get yourself cleaned up before you, you go out, it's doable. It can be done. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with you. Right, what are you? Uh, and you kind of brought that up, and I, and I, and that's that's great to 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 get into that. Again, the two different types of shifts between the volunteer and the career. Like I know when I was a volunteer, we pulled uh, nightly duty crews. Yeah. Uh, you know, so like you would get there like at six seven o'clock in the evening, and you would stay till six o'clock in the next morning. Yeah. Um, and whereas career, a lot of them are twenty fours. I know that when I was a volunteer, I found doing the night duty crew, there was very little time to work out. Like if you wanted to do that, but in my career job, I I find that there's usually a lot of time, especially if I prioritize it. What are you kind of seeing as the challenges between those two? I know you already talked about it. Uh, You know, what do you see on the career side, but what kind of challenges are you seeing on the volunteer side with that? Like fitting that thing in and on duty. Yeah. Locally uh, to us, we, we do have a couple uh, stations that we do mutual aid with that they have um, combination departments. So their volunteers are on a schedule. Like maybe they only go like Tuesday nights and that's their, that's right. their duty crew or whatever. But many of our, especially more rural to us, um, our volunteers, they only show up at the station if there's a call. 
or if there's a meeting or if there's a training. So, so for them, I have tried to, um, you know, make available or, or offer, Hey, you can do this as a training, you know, just to demo and show people, this is how you can make fitness work for you when you're doing it to try to become a better fireman or a healthier fireman or whatever your goal is. So if they're only meeting on Tuesday nights, then, Hey, you know, I'm happy to go over there on a Tuesday night, give them a brief talk about health and wellness in the fire service, and then do a workout with them just to get them started, you know, and make connections with whoever's in their department that might know a little something about fitness and can carry it on from there. So if they make it part of their regular weekly training thing, if you start people off with doing it once a week, the, you're going to kind of want to do more. You're not going to want to wait that till that next Tuesday night to work out again. So maybe you're going to start doing something else. Like maybe you're going to start walking and maybe after you start walking for a while, you thought you think maybe I'll put some, you know, heavy books in my backpack and walk with those, you know, I mean, so it's just about really introducing people to a different way of thinking about fitness. It's not about an expensive gym membership. It's not about, um, you know, I mean, for me, I typically I've rotating shifts um, for my regular job. So when I'm on uh, day early shift, I get up at four in the morning and go work out because that's my time that I can do it, that that I can get it in. When I'm on, you know, other shifts, I'll go at a later time or sometimes I go at night. But it, you don't if you present it as a rigid, strict thing where you have to do this and you have to do this or else otherwise you're not doing it right. Um, you know, people are not going to succeed with that. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you 100 um, percent. So as we start to wind this down, I got a couple of questions I want to yeah. ask you. So you talked about, again, that volunteer shift and we talked about the, the career guys. And, and, you, and what kind of is your response to that career firefighter that doesn't want to work out on duty? Um, and, 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 and so, and cause we each have this challenge, right? Like in my fire department, we have a, a guideline an SOG that says you will work out an hour every right. shift, and you still have people that don't want to do it. And they come up with a myriad of excuses of why they don't want to do it. And so I'm just curious, like what's your response and, and kind of, you know, and, and how you motivate them to be like, Hey, no, you need to work out here. You know, you like, this is the time when you can work out. How do you handle that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think people that are basically, <laughs> you know, getting, I mean, I used to make the analogy, like when I was a fit, when I was doing fitness instructing, like all the time that I was getting paid to work out. I mean, and so I kind of bring that up. I'm like, you're, you're getting paid to do it. You know, it's part of your job that you, you know, need to do. And, um, but I think that you do, I'll, you know, say it again, you have to individualize it. And part of that for me as an instructor is, is to talk to people and say, what are you, what are you doing now? You know, and what is, what is holding you back from working out when you're here? And then anything that they give you usually can be solved, you know, like, well, I don't want to get sweaty. Okay. Well, what can you do if you do get sweaty? What, what if you work a fire and then you got to, and then you got to go immediately to an EMS call, you're not going to be clean. You know, you're not going to be not sweaty. You're going to have worked, you know, what what are you going to do with that? So you kind of have to reframe it and put it back to them in order to change their way of, of thinking, but it's got to come from them. So if I, if I stand in front of a guy all day long and say, you got to work out, you got to work out, you got to work out, he's just going to resist me, you know? But yeah. if I stand in, in front of uh, in front of them and say, tell me about why 
what's holding you back? What's hindering you? How can we overcome it? Then you make them a partner in, in how, in, in solving the problem. And then they own that. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's a great way. I really like how you put that with reframing the question, yes. right? Because a lot of us, a lot of us are that type A personality. We, we see every problem as a nail and we're the hammer. <laughs> really? Of, are we you know, like maybe that? Maybe a different, right. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and, you know, and maybe we need a different tool, right? You know, right. I mean, maybe, maybe this is not a nail. Um, I, I really like how you, how you put that, that reframing and ownership on them. And I, and I think that's, that's, and I really like how you talk about the individualized thing. And that's something that I struggled with as a young company officer. I wanted everybody to work out together. Right. <laughs> and so I thought that that meant everyone needed to be doing the same thing, right? Like, no, this is the workout we're doing today. Get out here and do it yeah. with us. And, and, and that was that was successful for a little while. Right. But like you said, people have different body types. There was a guy, you know, at, at that time I was probably about 180 pounds and I was training for marathons. Right. And so I've got a different fitness goal than the guy who was probably 280 pounds and had just started to reenter the fitness world. He's not going to want to go on a five mile run in the morning. Right. Like, that's not, he, he's not right. doing that. Like, so, so, but, but I, <clears> you know, ego ego in mind like no you have to do this because we're a team and we're doing this together we're gonna all suffer <laughs> together and that just wasn't that just wasn't the right way right you know? and I really like how you put yeah that. and I you know me being um, a female fireman you know I have different challenges that I have to overcome but that's on me right so one of the things that I I'm, I'm still the only female in my fire department I'm the only female officer I'm the only female in my fire department um, and I, there's a difference to me and some this, you know, sometimes it's not popular thing to say, but there's a difference between fair and equal, right? So mm -hmm. to me, equality is, and this is just my opinion. If I'm a female, it doesn't matter. I need to be able to perform and do the work. That's why I'm there. I, I'm not there because I'm the girl in the fire department. I'm there because I'm a fireman and I need to be able to do the work. So as a, as a female, I know I need to build my upper body and my core, maybe work on those areas more than maybe a male firefighter does. You know, I need to be yeah. able to use tools to, um, you know, really recognize mechanical advantage and understand what mechanical advantage means, how to use it and practice that diligently to be able to do it well and perform on the fire ground as a female. And I need to do more. I need to do more than my male counterparts because I am five foot one and I'm a female. So knowing that about yourself and having that self-recognition, I just, I just encourage people to let that drive them to succeed rather than view it as I need, uh, you know, a, a waiver or extra help, or I need, you know, something to be done for me instead Look at it as a way to, uh, you know, challenge yourself to overcome what you're given and succeed with it anyway. Yeah, I, I totally, totally agree with you. And it, it, again, it's this is an end results job, yes. right? Like nobody, nobody really cares if it if I can high shoulder carry a 35 and you have to drag it. Nobody right. cares <laughs> as long as we can as long as we can get it yeah. there, right? Like it doesn't right. matter. It, it doesn't matter. But we both ended up at the same result, and I, I totally, totally agree with you. And, and we all have weaknesses, yep. right? Like I'm not, I, I'm not a big guy by any stretch of the imagination. I'm only five yeah. foot nine. You know what I mean? So like, I'm not big, 
And, you know, uh, and so I have to do things different than some of the guys that are six foot right. five. You know what I mean? Like it just, and we have those guys on our five, but they can't do some of the things I can do. They're not going to go into a, a small right. hole. Yeah. Like, I, but, but I, I can't. into the basement window every time, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> like, hey, Kara, exactly. you're going in, <laughs> you know? Um, but it, but, and it, there, you know, the 70 the year old guy that is maybe not going to be interior anymore, but he, he wants to, you know, have the strength and endurance to, to roll up LDH, you know? So he's coming, he's coming yeah. to me with that goal and saying, how can I do this better? Cause that's what I want to be able to do. I want to be able to be a meaningful, productive member of the department. Show me how to do it. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's figure it out. You know, how are we going to, how are we going to practice this? Yeah. I, my dad is in that same situation. He's, he's 61 uh, years old and he's still active in his career fire department, but I can tell you, he doesn't want to pull lines right. anymore. He doesn't like, that's not what he's looking to, to do. He wants to be a good DPO, be in shape so that he can throw ladders on yep. the outside, roll up LDH. Like you said, he's not looking to go throw on an air pack and run up a hundred flights of stairs. He doesn't want to do that. Like, right. <laughs> right. But individualizing and reframing it to make it a successful attainable goal for everyone is really my mantra. And that is what's going to get us to reduce these line of duty deaths from 40% to a much, much lower number. Um, and that, that's, that's, that's my yeah. motivation every day. That's why I do this. I mean, I can tell you, I make no money, <laughs> no money doing it. Um, but that's not what it's about for me. It's, it's about, uh, really making an impact on that number. I want to drive that number down every day. When I get up, I'm thinking I, what can I do to push that number in the other direction? Kara, this has been extremely awesome and extremely educational, especially for me. And I know the listeners are going to really, really, really love uh, just your, your, your passion and your, and just your, your, I think your, your approach to the firefighter fitness stuff. There's so much regimented stuff in the fire service today. And I really think that your approach is, is appropriate as, as one last question before we, before I let you go, you know, we're firefighters are like, you know, we like things that are tangible. We like things that we can grab a hold of. We like things that we can see. And this may be an impossible question to answer, but as we start to wind down the podcast, what is the one thing, if you had all the fitness stuff and all the problems, the, and you talked about that number, that 40% number, that line of duty death number, what is the one thing that someone can, that's listening to the podcast today can take from it and what's like the one fitness thing that they can do to help us reduce that number and to get them in shape for the fire ground? Because that's what we're really focused on is getting in shape for that fire ground, for that rescue, for that hose stretch, for that ladder thing. If they are going to do one thing like, look, all right, I want to get involved in fitness, and I, and I, but I only have one thing that I can do. What is that thing? Uh, I'm going to go right back to what I say. What is your thing? Whatever your thing is, do it. Start. Okay. That's, that's the key. As, as firefighters, as individuals – if you're saying all I can do, all I got time to do is walk, do it. And then slowly build up what you're doing when you're walking. Can you carry something when you're walking? Can you drag something when you're walking? Start. You know, if, uh, if you're telling me all I can do is lift weights, do it. Start. Lift weights. You know, and then when you're lifting weights, can you lift a weight and walk around with it? Can you lift a weight and go up and down the stairs with it? Can you put on an air pack at your station and step up and down on the back end of your engine? Whatever you can do, whatever you have, start. I think that's great. That's that's a lot of times, you know, complex people are always looking for a complex solution right, to simple right. problems. And really it's that it's I, I think you're that's a that's a great a great approach. Again, I really love 
where you're coming at with this firefighter fitness thing. So again, as we're winding down, tell everybody, you know, where they can find you, how they can get in contact with you. If they're looking to bring some, some fitness stuff to their department, just how they can get a hold of you, uh, you know, after they listen to the yeah, podcast. Thank you for that. Um, people can follow me on Instagram at St. Florian fitness. And I also have a St. Florian fitness Facebook page. Um, messenger is live on both of those platforms and you can reach out to me, um, via messenger. Uh, and I'm pretty good about responding right back. Um, and I'm happy to, uh, to try to, to help anybody out any way that I can, um, so that we can work together to, to move that number. Well, again, thank you for coming on to the podcast, Kara. It's been awesome. Like I said, it was, this is exactly what I was looking for when I, when I messaged you to see if you'd want to come on. And so thank you for doing it. Thank you for, for talk, speaking to the listeners. It's been a great, it's been a great experience. Thank you so me. much. I really genuinely appreciate the opportunity to get the message out. And um, I think that uh, this is the, this is definitely the way to do it. I really appreciate the, uh, the opportunity and your time. Absolutely. And make sure you guys go follow Kara at St. Florian Fitness. I follow her on Instagram. She's got great workouts out there and she can really help you out with some of your fitness goals. So uh, stay tuned for some closing remarks from the Average Jake Firefighter podcast. I know I say this a lot, but what a tremendous interview with Kara McDaniels from St. Florian Fitness. I mean, she covered a whole host of topics. Uh, I could have talked to her for hours and hours and hours about just her philosophy on fitness and just, you know, how she approaches it. And and it just it was just a great, great, great episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, and I really, like I said, the goal of, of this podcast is to, is to bring you some stuff that maybe you aren't thinking about just to get you to think like it, it may not necessarily, you may not necessarily agree with everything that I talk about or everything that my guests talk about, but it's to get you to think it's to get you to open your mind. And it's also to highlight some people that you may not know that are out there that are doing some tremendous, tremendous stuff in the fire service. Everybody knows who the rock stars are in this business, right? Everybody knows who's getting published in fire engineering magazine. Everybody knows who's writing books. Everybody knows who's hosting conferences or teaching all over the country. Like those are people you can, you can get their message anywhere, but you know, and while I'm not opposed to interviewing them, I've brought on guys like if you listen to some of the Fireground Commander stuff, I've gotten guys like Nick Martin and interviewed him. I've gotten guys, you know, uh, OJ from Magic City Truck, like some of those bigger names uh, in the fire service. But I really like to highlight people that maybe you've never heard of, like like Kara McDaniels. Uh, she's doing tremendous stuff with Firefighter Fitness. Her Instagram page is full of stuff. If you don't know where to start with your workout, then go to that St. Florian Fitness page, and she's got workouts posted just about every day, and it'll get you started. It'll get you off in the right direction. She's available for to message if you have questions, any of that stuff. Just a great, great resource that a lot of people probably have no ideas out there. Um, so I encourage you to go talk with her, look at her stuff, and, and see what she can offer you. And, and I don't think you'll be disappointed because she's got a tremendous passion for this. She wants to help the fire service in amazing, amazing ways. Um, with that being said, I can't do what I do without the support of some great fire service businesses and some great partners. The first being Taylor's Tins. Taylor's Tins makes metal helmet fronts. 
for helmets. You know, no more leather, no more of that stuff, leather getting burned up or anything like that. Taylor's Tins is going to give you a custom helmet front with custom design, custom art that you make yourself. You help design. Taylor's going to send you some concept art. You can tweak it, move you everything you want. It's not a drop down menu. It's not like some of these other shield companies that you only get a certain color, type of font or certain graphics or anything like that. Taylor can pretty much do anything. He has a host of other products out there as well, not just helmet fronts. He's got pump cards. He's got all sorts. If you can make it out of tin he's or, or metal, he's going to be able to do it for you. So go to taylorstins.com and let him know you heard it here from Average Jake. You know, when you email him, talk to him, tell him you heard about it on the podcast. I wear a Taylor's tin on my helmet every day. I've got one of the pump cards uh, that he that he is uh, made from uh, that he made for the water thieves. They're just tremendous, tremendous tools. I love them, and uh, I can't wait to even get more of their products. So taylorstins.com. Stop burning up leather. Start wearing Taylor's tins. The second is Vanguard Safety Wear. Vanguard Safety Wear, the makers of the MK1 Fire Glove. Those things are made for work. Just yesterday, uh, to actually two days ago now, I was out there uh, at, on my shift and we were throwing ladders and people saw my gloves and they saw the dexterity that I had in my hands and I let three or four people try them on. And we're like, oh man, let me try those gloves on. Let me try those gloves on. Let me try those gloves on. They fit perfect. They, they provide a tremendous amount of dexterity and they only get better with every use. So stop wearing these gloves that you can't do anything with. Stop wearing these gloves that you struggle to press your radio mic or mask up in. Go to VanguardSafetyWear.com or DingusFire.com and get you a pair of MK1 fire gloves made for work. Also, Fireground Commander Conference. We had to reschedule that. So if you go back and listen to some of the Fireground Commander mini podcast episodes or mini sodes as I was calling them, you're going to hear stuff about being in March. We had to postpone that. We moved it to August. Still the same great lineup. Still time to register. We were close to selling out before this pandemic. We've uh, you know had a couple people that want to defer their registration to the next year. So we're going to have open seats in the conference. So go to embracetheresistance.com, click on the conference tab, and you can still sign up today. You can call, you if, if the conference registration isn't open, email Ben Martin, who is the creator of the conference, the founder of the conference, and the uh, the founder and the creator of Embrace the Resistance, and you can he'll get you in. All you got to do is just go to the conference tab on the embracetheresistance.com, Fireground Commander Conference. We're going to have Bobby Halton, Nick Martin, the Water Thieves, OJ, from Magic City Truck, uh, all sorts of great people. And by the way, we've already started to lock in the lineup for next year. We're going to be doing 2021 in March of 2021. Hopefully, and, and we'll be able to get back on the regular schedule. And 2021's lineup is going to be absolutely massive. You're not going to believe it. I keep just, you know, Ben does tremendous work with getting these speakers in. And uh, I thought the first year's lineup would never be beat. Then the second year's lineup was great. This year's lineup's going to be great. And then you're looking forward to the fourth year. Man, I can't even imagine how we're going to top year three or year four. Like it's going to, it's, it's just going to be incredible. So make sure you join us in August at the Henrico Theater for the Fireground Commander Conference. Go to EmbraceTheResistance.com and click on the conference tab. And there you'll be able to register and find out all the information, updated information. There's also a Instagram page. And a Twitter page for the Fireground Commander Conference so you can see all the details and, and all the updated news. And lastly, you know what we do. Make sure you're spending three hours every day doing some things for the fire service. 
one hour in the gym, working on your physical fitness, all the stuff we talked about in this episode, working on your fitness, getting better. You don't have to get 100% better today. You can get 1% better today. You can even get a half a percent better today. But doing something is better than doing nothing. Make sure you spend an hour in the library reading something about our profession, reading articles, Fire Engineering Magazine, watching YouTube videos about fire scenes, sizing up stuff, getting an education in our fire service and in our trade. And make sure you spend one hour putting your hands on the tools that we use every day, that hands-on training. You do that, you become a pretty phenomenal firefighter. I guarantee it. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, but stay aggressive. I'm out.